0: Hello, welcome to Wild Entheology. Theology. My name is Kaylee, and this is William. Hello. Today we are going to be reading a few passages from a few texts and we're going to be analyzing them. And through this analysis, where we offer up our own perspectives and interpretation, we're doing so with the goal of achieving a, a mutual understanding
1: mm-hmm. of each other. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we're, we're really inspired by John Reveki and the work he's doing with um, Awakening from the Meaning Crisis. That's the name of his YouTube series that's free and that we highly recommend. But yeah, he, he just he has a lot of valuable knowledge on what can be achieved through dialogue mm-hmm. and con- an intentional dialogue of being open to receiving. The perspective of another person and yeah. that's really what we want to practice here
2: yeah and several times throughout the the podcast we kind of talk about polarization and practices like these and Verveki has said this is is an, an intent to close that gap mm-hmm. to become depolarized and to be able to sit down with somebody and have a conversation in order to understand them
1: mm-hmm.
2: rather than trying to be understood yeah you know that simple like stephen covey quote for, seek first to understand then to be understood
1: mm.
2: and so this is a, a way for us to try to do this together and to to learn to be in the process of learning together yeah but yeah so before we get into the podcast though you can find us on social media twitter and instagram at wild and theology yeah give us a follow if you need to contact us if you want to contact us you can do so there yeah. Thank you so much for your, your time, and uh, I hope you enjoy the podcast.
0: Thank you for being here today.
2: <laughs> I'm actually really excited about this today because, like, some of these I've been meaning to read for the longest time and just haven't got around to it. Mm-hmm. And so being able to sit down with somebody and read them for the first time in some cases, it's just going to be fun. Like, I've never actually done that. Like, sat down and read something with someone and then talked about it afterward to be like, yeah. oh, hey, what do you think about this? Like, how do you would interpret this?
0: Me you know? either. And... I think this is a great opportunity for us to put into practice something that we always seem to come back to in our episodes, which is this point on a criticism of the education system and how it yeah. lacks something like yeah, this, you Exactly,
2: know? exactly.
0: of really working it out in a shared space, mm-hmm. these ideas that we're exposed to.
2: Mm-hmm. So the books that we're going to be talking about today, I brought Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. Uh, the Bhagavad Gita, translated by Eknath Iyaswaran. and then the Tao teaching from Lao Tzu. So, which one do you want to start with?
0: I want to start with Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. Oh yeah, why? It's one that I've always wanted to read. I've heard that mm. title and that name. Right. But I actually don't know much of what it contains exactly.
2: Yeah. Well, at least as far as I understand it. Like I've I've I read through this. Um, I think, like, seven years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just, like, read through it. Like, at the time, I was just, like, reading to finish things instead of reading to understand it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But as far as I understand, like, it's his entire philosophy. Like, it's almost like a journal, like Mm -hmm. a daily journal of just, like, things, you know, my thoughts for the day. Yeah, that's great.
0: um, Yeah, isn't it interesting how when we're young and we don't really know much yet, but we're, like, inspired by it, we'll buy books and read them but it really has nothing to land on
2: like right. there's no
0: foundation really built but i mean it's still a valuable yeah. venture yeah and now you have it you can come back to it
2: well that's the thing like and if you don't know marcus aurelius is um i believe he's considered the last great roman emperor Oh, okay uh and he is a philosopher and emperor he's kind of like personifies that that the plato's philosopher king mm-hmm. you know where he is a stoic philosopher and yet he's also a leader and so it's like while i remember while reading this like just thinking like this is an emperor who lived 2000 years ago and that that responsibility that he had and like the kind of genius that he had where we still talk about him 2000 years later was really inspiring to me at the time Mm -hmm. and even though like like you said i didn't really have a framework or the reference experiences for this to land as well as it might today or as it, it hopefully will in 10 years or 20 years it was still inspiring in that way and that's just a beginning
1: mm-hmm. when
2: it comes to self improvement it's just like starting somewhere and being inspired and then continuing to educate yourself and learn and have experiences yeah you know exactly are you ready to read
0: i am ready to read how okay. do you want to do this do you want to go like back and forth
2: so i actually was going to read this one mm-hmm. because i i just like opened it and kind of came to this in the third one that I found like really stood out to me. But since I've read it before, like not only just today, but before in my life, I feel like you should read number 27.
0: Oh, wow. (laughs) Okay. I'm I'm excited. (laughs) I'm very aroused right now. (laughs) Um, Okay. How cruel it is not to allow people to strive for what seems to them their interest and advantage. And yet in a way you are forbidding them to do this when you fuss that they are wrong, they are surely drawn to their own interest and advantage. But it is not actually so. Well then, teach them, show them, do not fuss.
2: hmm What comes up for you when you hear that?
0: <laughs> I'm gonna read it again. Okay.
2: I can also start if you'd like me to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so like what that says to me is empathy for where someone is Mm -hmm. to be able to say like whatever it is whether it's a little pet theory or it's a a deeply held and cherished belief yeah just when somebody believes something they cherish that belief even if it's that just that little pet theory Mm -hmm. and when you tell somebody that they're wrong you are telling them that like your interests your paradigm your way of seeing the world is wrong there's something wrong with you and you need to sit down and think about what you've done and do better right Mm -hmm. and it's like even if it's just that little thing you're that's basically what you're telling the person Mm -hmm. and what i find that uh marcus is saying is meet somebody where they're at
1: Mm -hmm.
2: understand that they that they feel that way and then Try to teach them, try to show them your perspective while taking into consideration their perspective and allowing them to be heard, Mm -hmm. you know?
0: Yeah, and their interest and advantage, like, those are kind of the inklings of something to come Mm -hmm. later, you know? Most people don't have ideas or inspirations right off the bat that are these fully formed, perfect things. Mm -hmm. But... When you tell someone they're wrong or that it's bad, you kind of stamp that flame out prematurely before it has time to develop into something that's really beautiful.
2: Yeah. Mm. And it's like, I find his use of the word interest to be Mm -hmm. really good because you have like your interest, like something you're interested in, Mm -hmm. but then you have something to your, am I using that properly? Your interest where it's like,
0: like for your best interest.
2: Yeah. Yeah. For like, good for you, for your benefit. You know what I mean? It's like, and so when we're interested in something, we are, uh, it's speaking to something within us, something that we might lack or something that we might desire for ourselves.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Right. And so it's not merely something that it's just like, Oh, it's kind of interested in it's speaking to something deeper in us. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And so it's, like you said, it's that it's that flame. It's that little tiny ember that could become a raging bonfire, and then you just like stamp it out because you're like, oh no, that's wrong,
0: mm-hmm. you know? And that's the forbidding them to do that.
2: Mm-hmm. And it's like it's easy to say, oh, but I know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's like a political opinion, it's like, oh, I know what like. I've heard that political opinion before and this is why it doesn't work in practice and like this is actually a very dangerous thing and so I need to stamp this out. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And that may all be true, but you also run the risk of like cementing that person's beliefs further, Mm -hmm. right? And it's like one of the things that, um, uh, it's a quote that's like nothing emboldens a man's views, like the silencing of them.
1: Mm, it's like that's great if
2: you silence somebody's beliefs you could be actually making them more deeply held yeah. and that's even more troublesome when you consider that the belief could be actually a very dangerous belief
0: yeah that's that's very important yeah yeah i'm just not being open to somebody else's ideas mm-hmm. we can easily project what we think they're right. trying to say or do onto right. them Instead of just receiving them and being open and questioning it. Like, mm-hmm. what is that thing? And then in questioning it, you encourage them to develop their idea further.
2: Just under- think, Go ahead.
0: And understand it deeper yourself through their answers, you know? Yeah. It's that yeah. dialogue yeah. that we're trying to do right now, <laughs> exactly. you know?
2: Yeah. I would yeah, I didn't even consider that. But mm-hmm. that's, that makes perfect sense that this is literally speaking to what we're trying to do yeah. today. You know, yeah. what we're trying to do right now. Because understanding is a is shared understanding is ultimately a dialogue. Mm. Our understanding is ultimately a dialogue because even if it's understanding by yourself, it's you're still talking to yourself, mm-hmm. or you're talking to someone who lived two thousand years ago because you're reading their book. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Whoa.
2: Yeah, and actually, again, like speaking to Verveki, he talks about how a psychotechnology technology like a, is like a standardized set of practices. I suppose you could say that or essentially try to enhance cognition, right? Mm. It's like literacy, for example, enhances your cognitive powers and it also links brains together better.
1: Mm -hmm. And so
2: that's kind of, again, speaking to all that we're talking about. Like this, I didn't even think how good this fit. It was just like (laughs) complete coincidence. Uh, But uh, yeah, it, it fits perfectly. Like we're linking our brains together by linking our brains to this person who lived 2,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. And that's all linked to the the point of it with Verveke and him inspiring us to do this thing in general. And then him talking about how, like, oh, that's a psychotechnology.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. all connected. It is.
2: It is. That's perfect.
0: Great choice for starting then. Thank you. <laughs>
2: Anything else that comes up with you?
0: Just the note that it ends on, like... Well then, teach them, show them, do not fuss. Mm. That's just the call to action, to be open in receiving others yeah. and to feeling their flames yeah. and as well as your own and just remaining open to possibility.
2: Yeah. And don't fuss, don't project your own anxieties, your own mm-hmm. anger, your own fear onto this person just because they said something you might disagree with.
0: Yeah, yeah. Another thing that comes up for me is appreciation for you because um, I feel like throughout this podcast, there have been times where I've been unprepared or uh, experiencing a lot of resistance and I've felt from you just like acceptance and you just like taught me, Mm -hmm. showed me the way, did not fuss. Yeah.
2: I mean, it's not going to help you Mm -hmm. if you're already feeling resistance. It's like, come on, Kaylee. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> again <laughs> it's like oh it great like i really want to do this project yeah, with you. exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah and then
0: that just like could further cement that fear resistance yeah and inability to articulate yeah you know rather than just being like okay do this this is the way to do it better this is the way to prepare
2: yeah yeah um actually it's kind of funny like now that you say that my Mom and I would always get into arguments over evolution. Mm -hmm. I I would say argument, but more of like a debate. And uh, we'd always talk about it. And she kind of comes from like, her perspective, at least at the time, was uh, adaptation is possible, but speciation, the development of a new species is not. Mm. right and I was coming from the perspective of like I loved Pokemon as a kid evolution is true everything about evolution is true right so I was just like wait what does Pokemon
0: have to do with
2: (laughs) this does Pokemon evolve (laughs) so I was immediately I learned about evolution in school and I was just like yes evolution is the best uh it's like actually real it's not this just a video game and show um but we'd always get into conversations about evolution and so I learned from her from a very young age to like to speak up and like have my opinion and be very opinionated, mm-hmm. and even to like be able to like get into debates with um, a parents and be able to voice myself like that. Mm-hmm. And so I've always kind of had that development along that developmental pathway, you could say, of not being a, for, resistant to expressing my opinion.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I feel like like maybe I'm misinterpreting what your resistance is but is your resistance to sharing your opinion in that way
0: yes 100 yeah. percent. okay yeah this is wildly out of my comfort zone <laughs> it's not something i've ever done It's like share my opinions yeah in almost any setting like yeah. even with friends i i felt fear for and sure i just recently last night i started listening to that mindset
2: mm-hmm.
0: by who is it carol
2: carol dweck dweck yeah
0: i knew it was Eck. So... <laughs> <laughs> Um, but she discusses the fixed mindset versus the growth mindset and the fixed mindset is that yeah. fear of doing anything because you're, you're just afraid of being wrong or failing mm-hmm. instead of seeing failure as an opportunity for growth. And I've always, I've held to that from a very young age, just like, I'm scared to speak up because if I say something and it's wrong, or if mm-hmm. it's not like fully form formulated and articulate, then... I will be misunderstood right. and i can't bear that yeah it just gave me so much anxiety i'm just yeah. like better better not say anything
2: and then you never develop your opinion
0: and then you never yeah you never develop your opinion you never grow mm-hmm. because you have to do to grow you have to be wrong before you can be right yeah
2: and again that like speaks to what uh i feel weird calling him marcus yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're on a first name it's, yeah <laughs> <laughs>
2: i'm on a first name basis with this Roman <laughs> <Emperor>. <laughs> uh but aurelius
0: um, also sounds weird
2: yeah mr aurelius (laughs) (laughs) roman emperor marcus aurelius Uh, (laughs) this guy he uh Mm -hmm. that really speaks to it it's like when you have like you have the opportunity to really silence some the development of somebody's opinion when you immediately start fussing about it mm-hmm. and try to silence them and mm-hmm. it's through dialogue through mutual understanding <laughs> that we fully flesh out our opinion that we fully come to know what we feel we know implicitly we articulate it fully mm-hmm. and so like it's a creative process
0: mm-hmm. yeah it's an emerging phenomenon yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, wow that's great
2: yeah anything else you'd like to say about that one or are you ready to move on
0: no i'm ready to move on okay I like that we like choose one for each other too. Yeah, yeah. 35. 35,
2: okay. Yeah. Okay, so this next passage is number 35 for meditations uh, of the Marcus variety. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Okay. The healthy eye must look at all there is to be seen and not say, I only want pale colors. This is a symptom of disease. The healthy ear and nose must be ready for all sounds or smells And the healthy stomach must accept all food in the same way that a mill accepts all it was made to grind. And so the healthy mind, too, must be ready for all eventualities. The mind which says, my children must live, or there must be popular acclaim for all I do, is the eye demanding pale, or the teeth demanding pap. Mm
0: -hmm. What is pap? I wondered the same thing (laughs) when I read it. (laughs) Sounds like some form of soft mushy easy to digest thing
2: yeah like something sweet like some like syrupy sweet yeah. thing yeah um like what comes to mind when i hear that is like oats and like sugar like melted down sugar just like mm-hmm. mixed together and you just like eat that
0: mm-hmm. i don't know yeah but like not really like delightfully sweet more like a a distant sweetness like yeah. it's kind of just a flavorless yeah Almost.
2: Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. You know? Like gruel.
0: Yeah, like unflavored oatmeal with too much water. With too much
2: water. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: And you don't even have to chew it. You just like swallow.
2: Mm-hmm. That sounds disgusting, Kaylee.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it does.
2: Yeah. So is there anything that comes to mind when you read that?
0: Yeah, I think he's really saying that to have a, a healthy mind... Is to be able to be open to the full range of experiences, I guess. Yeah. And to not only look for the good or only seek out that which is easy or pleasurable. Mm-mm. But to be able to look at all things and be able to take them in and experience them. Yeah. Readily, you know, not even just like endure it, but... To remain conscious mm-hmm. even through really bad times, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: It's like yeah, like you you have to you have to be prepared to face life. You know what I mean? And like life is not going to be like amazing all the time.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And like the fact that you can have so amazing things, this is kind of like d- duality. It's like to have something amazing, you need to know what something what suffering is like.
1: Mm-hmm. You know what I
2: mean? You if if everything is just like a constant drip of heroin.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
2: like that doesn't seem like a very pleasurable life. You know what I mean? It's through like having a story, through having like a personal narrative that includes challenges and accomplishments. Like that overcoming some challenge is what gives life uh, its what gives life its beauty.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know what I mean? Like the most fulfilling experiences in my life has been when I, I had some sort of challenge and I overcame it.
0: For sure,
2: but that necessitated that I suffered. Yeah, I couldn't just say, like, "Oh, give me the accomplishment without ever having put in the effort.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But that again, it's it's being able to take that, you know that that sour is it, it, is you know when you when you drink a glass of milk, you're risking the sour milk. Mm-hmm. But if you want to drink some milk, you have to take that risk.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: you know, and so so that's like that's what that really says to me is like, you have to be able to take the whole range of what life has to offer. Like you Mm -hmm. said, Mm -hmm. if you want to enjoy life at all, Mm -hmm. you know?
0: Yeah, exactly. And it's not even calling to the extreme of something being amazing. You know, the first example he gives is asking to see only pale colors, like Mm -hmm. have everything just be easy or okay. Yeah. You know, because even, even pleasurable and intense like intensely pleasurable and good experiences can be overwhelming and hard to bear at times, yeah.
2: you know. Well, you just moved. Like that was exciting, but I imagine yeah. very stressful.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's like that arousal. We can be too aroused and you can be too excited. And you're right about the duality. Like we need the opposite to appreciate. Yeah. Like both ends. But I think there's also a danger of just falling somewhere in the middle. I'm okay. asking for like pale colors or pap, whatever that is. Yeah, and just yeah. like going through life and just having it be easy mm. and never pushing into pain. And because of that, never arriving at the potential, amazing, beautiful experiences either.
1: Yeah.
0: Because you really need to, I think if you push into one extreme, you get opened up to the other. Yeah. And I think that can hold people back keeping yourself in the the middle of pale colors
2: yeah just like wanting the the safe ready-made like the safe ready-made option that's just like there for you Mm
1: -hmm.
2: when you could go through the painful process of having something so much more beautiful Mm -hmm. you know what i mean it's like it's like for example if you settle for a partner it's like oh this person is safe this person is like um all that I could ever need, and it's just like, okay, but do you want to be in a relationship where the person is safe, or do you want to be in a relationship where the person, like, excites you and challenges you, and there's, Mm -hmm. like, a conflict of opinion sometimes, Mm -hmm. but there's always, like, the underlying desire to work together, but you're willing to stand up for what you believe and be able to deal with that conflict and be a little bit unsafe, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? It's like, that relationship seems so much more passionate and more fun and, like, more like you really appreciate what you have with them. Yeah. Because they're not just the safe option. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah, it's a challenge. And it's a risk. Mm. And by not taking risks, you miss out on a lot of, of the pain that yeah. you could feel in life. A lot of the heartbreak or suffering. But then you also miss out on the beauty mm. that could be achieved. And so much of yourself, too. Mm-hmm. You don't get to know yourself in those ways.
2: Yeah. And I guess I should clarify, like, I'm not necessarily saying that the the best relationships are the one where there's like conflict and disagreement all the time. Mm -hmm. That's not the point I was making. It's more like, um, I guess the point I was trying to make is like, if you feel like your relationship is stuck in a rut and you're just in it because you're safe, maybe it's time to end that relationship and risk the pain of losing that person to find someone who might connect with you better. Yeah, you know, what I mean, it's like again, assuming that it's just because you're in it because it's safe, yeah, and not because you're actually in love with this person still. Yeah, you know,
0: and I, I've seen that with people. One of my friends from back home, she's in a long term relationship, mm. and she's expressed as much that she's not happy, like she doesn't like, yeah. she's not inspired by him or anything. But he, like, she's not unhappy either Mm -hmm. it's very much that living in the middle ground of like this person isn't doing anything wrong
1: Mm.
0: and they're providing for me enough that i'm safe and well off but i'm missing out on something that's actually gonna would actually be inspiring and and be conducive to growing as a person yeah yeah (laughs) yeah
2: and i think that's what i mean when i say talk about like conflict is like Mm -hmm. someone who's willing to to challenge you Mm -hmm. um to grow yeah and like for me like i want someone to be able to like challenge me to grow like i don't want someone to like um be like i had a conversation with francis about this where um i said one of like the big red flags that i would have in a relationship is a people pleaser Mm
1: -hmm. like
2: i want someone to be able to tell me like you're fucking up here in a, yeah. in a kind, caring way, like <laughs> yeah. going back to the, the the previous quote, like not in a way that's like um disrespectful or rude, uh-huh. but it's still like willing to risk the pain of telling somebody when they're wrong. Yeah. It's really a both end. It's like if somebody is wrong, you need to tell them they're wrong, but you need to meet them where they're at first. Yes. You know what I mean? And it's like It's really, I I guess that's like what we're kind of talking about now is like the two ends of that where it's like you can be such a disagreeable asshole that you're just like, fuck you and your beliefs and what you believe in. This is what's true. Um, Or you could be the other person who's like not willing to tell you when you're being wrong Mm -hmm. or being bullheaded or being rude or whatever it is at all. Mm -hmm. And then there's no challenge. There's no growth. And it's just like the pale colors of your life of just being too agreeable.
0: Yeah, that's Mm. it. That is it. And another thing that stood out to me was, like, I really liked that he made it about the senses and very very much, like, part of the body. Right. Because that's a whole part of of the human experience, too. Mm -hmm. Philosophy like this is great because it does... He did bring it back to, like, the mind being this healthy place that is open to all experience. Yeah. And I guess sensations are experienced in the mind. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: But... You know, it can be just as painful. It's just as important to open yourself up to like physical discomfort mm-hmm. for your growth and pushing through that or being open to that, mm-hmm. to feel healthy, to to live like a whole, a whole life. Am I saying that clearly enough? No. Not
1: really, no. No. <laughs> Sorry.
0: No, it's okay. Um... But the experiences of the body, there's like a lot of experience to be had, a lot of physical discomfort that can be avoided, could want to be avoided. Yeah. But like the healthy way, he's basically saying like the healthy way for across the full range of your experience is to just be open to whatever comes, to not fall into that preference of only seeking the good. Mm Mm-hmm. Because there's so much to be learned from the other end of the spectrum as well. All Mm -hmm. the bad and discomfort. Like the degrees of that too. Because it's not all extreme.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's like a big thing that I remember realizing. And it's difficult to do this in the moment, of course. But like dealing with painful traumatic memories Mm -hmm. or like embarrassing moments or whatever it is. It's like you feel that and you're just like, oh, like I'm back in it. I I don't want to feel this. I don't want to remember this. But it can't hurt you.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know what I mean? And it's like by feeling it fully and just like allowing that to be in your body, that's how you get through it. Mm-hmm. But the the, the the knee-jerk reaction is to be like, oh, distract myself with uh, eating or with video games or with porn or with like whatever else you could do to numb yourself. Just scrolling watching- Scrolling
0: Instagram. Scrolling <laughs>
2: Instagram. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like, that's not how you deal with it. If you want to have like the heights of mental health, you need to face- the demons face mm-hmm. that pain and just like allow it to rest inside you knowing that you can handle it mm-hmm. and no matter how painful it might get it's just a feeling in your body and you can learn to like feel that without it being this horrible excruciating thing mm-hmm. the resistance is what makes it excruciating
0: mm-hmm. that's so true yeah. I can't I don't know who said this but i remember hearing somewhere um, pain is inevitable but suffering isn't mm. something along those lines. Mm-hmm. And that's just basically saying, like, you're gonna feel pain and discomfort no matter what. But the suffering comes from the attachment and resistance to it.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I'm, that's beautiful. Yeah. Cause that's, mm-hmm. that's exactly what I mean. It's pain is temporary, suffering is prolonged
0: mm-hmm.
2: and often self imposed.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
2: Was there anything else you wanted to say about this? Are you ready to move on to the next I'm one? I'm ready
0: to move on to the next one.
2: Okay, so this one is from the Tao Teaching, and uh, it is your turn to read.
0: Ah, I There you go. How exciting. Okay. Best to be like water, which benefits the 10,000 things and does not contend. It pools where humans disdain to dwell, close to the Tao. Live in a good place. Keep your mind deep. Treat others well. Stand by your word. Keep good order. Do the right thing. Work when it's time. Only do not contend and you will not go wrong. Hmm. Hmm. What comes up? <laughs> you know what comes up? Yeah. Well,
2: i'm really curious after that laugh
0: i mean (laughs) it's perfect because it's like what we just said yeah exactly. only do not contend like that's the only thing you have to do Mm. everything is happening everything is inevitable you know right you your life is your life your history is your history it already happened and don't resist it don't contend with it in that in that sense of like repressing it or keeping it away or trying to look away Mm -hmm. being like water it also reminds me of my trip
2: oh yeah the water
0: flowing yeah just like it just went with it there was no resistance it allows all
2: yeah it's just flowing as it is and it's just a constant flowing Mm -hmm. like there's no if there's a blockage then it just keeps on flowing around yeah you know what i mean it always finds a way
0: yeah exactly and it made it beautiful like that was part of the rocks too at that point was like, it was this thing in the middle yeah. that was keeping the water from flowing in some spots. But like, that's what made it beautiful mm-hmm. too. It just found a way. Like you said, it just f- went around it. Mm-hmm. And that was part of the experience now.
2: Mm-hmm. And then in like the, uh, it pools in, in places, what is the line?
0: It pools where humans disdain to dwell.
2: Yeah. That's again, going down to those deep, dark roots of your, of your mind and being able to like say, okay, there's something here that I need to deal with, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: you know? And I feel like that's a big issue in a lot of spiritual spaces is the toxic positivity or the unwillingness to face your demons or like, Oh, you know, if you, if you focus on the negative, you're going to manifest the negative. It's like the negative is there just because you're like diluting yourself away from it doesn't mean it's not still there. Mm-hmm. And you need to like go back down to those deep, dark recesses, pool there a little bit and deal with whatever's down there.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ignoring it isn't the same thing as dealing with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the pooling is re- representing a lack of flow.
1: Hmm.
0: Like it's building up. It's not moving past. It's like a spot of tension. And we don't want to dwell there. We don't want to stay with it. Mm -hmm. But then it says close to the Tao. Yeah. What does that mean?
2: That's fascinating. Because, yeah, there's two ways of reading that. Because before we said the quality of water to continue flowing Mm -hmm. is one of the benefits. Mm -hmm. But then the way I'm reading that, it's like... Be like water because it pools in the dark recesses. Mm-hmm. But then, like you said, that's to stop flowing.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't know how to... Mm-hmm.
2: I, because those seem like opposites, and I'm not too sure. Because you need to pool in the dark recesses.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's just... It pools where humans disdain to dwell. Mm-hmm. Be like water. Pool go towards the pain, kind of, yeah, like bring your consciousness there with you mm-hmm. and only only from going there, going to that place and pooling there. And eventually, I don't know, it's not saying this, but maybe through that, mm-hmm. that's how you can get back to a flow,
2: mm-hmm. well, yeah, like I guess the the imagery that comes to mind, uh, and this is honestly, like number one, I think this is beautiful that we can sit here and be like, reading this thing and come up with like oh it seems contradictory how we're interpreting this so Mm -hmm. let's try to find a way to interpret it in a way that's not contradictory
1: Mm -hmm.
2: working together for mutual understanding right (laughs) and like the imagery that comes to mind is if like you have like this water that's flowing and it's 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 free and flowing and happy and everything's going perfectly right or it's like just meeting things as they come and there's no resistance Mm
1: -hmm.
2: and then it, it flows into this dark recess into this place and it starts pooling and it's like I feel stuck here, I feel like this is like, is this the end of the flowing? Is this like, am I am I stuck here forever? Am I always gonna be depressed? Am I always gonna be anxious? And it's just continuing to pool and continuing to sit with it. And eventually the cavern or the space, the recess fills up and there's another path and it keeps on flowing down that path, but it needed to pool there first for it to be able to rise up and start going down that, that new tunnel that was maybe a little bit higher than the the bottom of that cave, mm-hmm. if that makes sense.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. That's beautiful. And it takes you to a new level.
2: Yeah. Ben,
0: through pooling.
2: Through pooling, through sitting with the dark recess, the pain.
0: Mm-hmm. Where humans disdain to dwell.
2: And then the flowing begins again.
0: Yeah. And then this part where it says, it pools where humans disdain to dwell, close to the Tao. What does the Tao mean? Exactly, if you know.
2: Um, So the Tao, from what I can gather, the Tao is enlightenment. Mm -hmm. It is the truth. Mm -hmm. It is, you know, truth with a capital T. It is the experience of like Mm non-duality. And like one of the things, I I believe it's at the beginning, if memory serves, it's like the Tao cannot be named. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And to even call it it, the Tao, is to try to name it. Mm -hmm. And so the idea is that it's like the experience of the self and reality without the self, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: right? And so closer to the Tao is like in the dark recesses of your mind getting deeper and deeper and and shedding all these resistances and these traumas and this kind of thing gets you closer to the source, which is that there is no self,
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: right? But like you need to it's kind of like the dark night of the soul is something that you have to face to get to the divinity of God, to get with union with God Mm -hmm. and union with God is realizing that everything is just one flowing thing without distinction, without form, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: without divided form. Mm -hmm. And that is the Mm Tao. But when you name it, you identify the Tao. And that implies that there is something that is not the Tao. But the Tao is both the Tao and the not Tao. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's the thing. Like, it
2: sounds so, like, cheesy when I say uh-huh. it like that. But, again, do a lot of psychedelics and you'll get what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> That's, you know, when you, when you experience the dissolution of self, that mm-hmm. it makes sense.
0: For sure. You know. So when when they say, he says, close to the Tao, it's just, like, closer to the truth.
2: Yeah.
0: Mm, yeah. Yeah
2: yeah is there anything else that comes up with you we can move on to the next line
0: yeah so the next part is just like where he says the simple just a simple way of life
2: yeah live in a good place
0: Mm -hmm.
2: i mean it's simple like don't surround yourself with toxic people don't surround Mm -hmm. yourself with toxicity Mm -hmm. you know like live in a good place that's like good for your soul Mm -hmm. just like something as simple as that of like not only living in a good place physically, but living in a good place inside your mind. Mm-hmm. But to do that, you need to pool in the dark recesses of your mind. <laughs> you know, it's like you need to face the darkness to be able to get to the light.
0: Exactly. I know. Keep your mind deep. Mm-hmm. Treat others well. Stand by your word. Keep good order. Do the right thing. <laughs> Work when it's time. It's just, it's very simple. And I, I love these from what i've experienced or been exposed to of taoism it's just so simple
2: yeah well that's the thing like we can read this and it's infinitely deep mm-hmm. it can be like a superficial thing and or it can be very very deep and i feel like that's like kind of the purpose of a lot of these spiritual texts is that it's for it's for anyone from mm-hmm. the the farmer without an education to the you know philosopher king in his palace reading this to make decisions about pl- like grand political decisions that affect his whole or her whole kingdom or queendom you know <laughs> there's a song by aurora called queendom oh yeah it's, it's fucking sick i love Is it. it yeah i feel wow. like have you like have you ever sat down with aurora no you should okay, she's really uh, good yeah okay start with queendom it's a great song
0: okay i will yeah
2: <laughs> um but anyways it's like uh yeah, like you, you—it's you, just infinitely deep, and we can sit here and like kind of ponder this. And it's like, what is the deeper meaning? And mm-hmm. the point is that it's simple enough that it can just be taken at face value, but and and be a positive. But it's also you're able to sit there and try to reinterpret it over and over and over to try to find deeper meaning, mm-hmm. connecting it with your life and what you've experienced. And yeah, that's about it. Just like connecting it with your reference experiences, your past, and try to find like a more profound more meaningful interpretation.
0: Mm -hmm. Only do not contend anyone that go wrong. Yeah. That's wonderful.
2: Just do enough to get it done.
0: Don't fight it.
2: Yeah. Are you ready to move on to this one? Yeah, let's do it. Cool. Okay, so this is the very next passage. Hold and fill it. Not as good as stopping in time. Measure and pound it. It will not long survive. When gold and jade... Fill the hall, they cannot be guarded. Riches and pride bequeath error. Withdrawing when work is done, heaven's tau.
0: Whoa. Oh. <laughs> Can I see it? Yeah, I have to please. see it. I was a visual learner, I guess.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Hold and fill it. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> not as good as stopping in time what does it mean what is it
2: it's like hold and fill it not as good as stopping in time it's like know when the work is done mm. you know it's like have just enough don't over fill the container you know what i mean it's it's it like again like with the second one too it's like measure and pound it it will not long survive it's like I, I picture somebody like pounding a uh, a post into the ground and they just like keep hammering and keep hammering it to the point that it just like falls apart right mm-hmm. and it's like it's it's working at a thing far longer than is necessary to the point that you're actually causing harm mm-hmm. you know it's like know when the work is done know when enough is enough um, you know the the comment about like riches and pride, and, and the jade and gold,
1: mm-hmm.
2: right? Gathering all these riches, gathering all these um, these material possessions for what reason,
1: mm-hmm.
2: right? Have enough that you can do what you need to do in your life to make the world a better place, but don't have so much that it's just like to have it. Mm-hmm. It's just unnecessary. You're just causing more harm. Mm-hmm. And so to me, this like this passage is about moderation in all things Mm -hmm. not taking things too far not taking things past their their point like uh, actually uh daniel (laughs) schmachtenberger i love his name but he uh he has set up two projects that i'm aware of the consilience project and then the one before that i i can't quite remember the name but um they are projects where they said oh this is going to have a four-year lifespan and at the end of that lifespan it literally ended they didn't try to, like, continue doing it uh, as, like... Because they could have... They basically set up this project. Uh, he... Like, if you don't know who that is, I should probably say... he, he His kind of life purpose is to increase public sense-making. Where, like, we're, because there are so many different news sources, for example, we're becoming more and more fractured in our understanding, right? And this is kind of the polarization. If you have one person who just watches Fox News and another person who just watches CNN... They have two different views of reality with different uh, spins on the same material, and when they come together, they can almost—it's almost as if they're talking about a different event because they've gotten two different opinions, mm-hmm. right? And so his goal is to uh, create a way where we can kind of bridge these gaps to be like to to, to end this fractured, polarized political landscape that we find ourselves in, right? And so his, the the previous project. Um, Can't remember exactly what that was about, but point being is that once they had come to a certain point, they could have kept it going longer to gain profit with it, to continue like reaping the benefits of what they had with that project after it had come to fruition. But they said it's five years' lifespan. We're gonna try to we're gonna do what we need to do to get like this goal accomplished. And once it's accomplished, the project is is ended it's disbanded and now we move on to this next project which is the consilience project Mm. which is the one i just described and that one too has a deadline after five years it's not we've got this thing now let's try to like just milk the cow for all it's worth it's like no we we accomplished our goal it's done let's continue and move on Mm -hmm. right and the the idea is that you have these organizations that come into being to solve a problem but can only continue to survive if they continue to find that problem to solve. Mm -hmm. Right? And so at that point it's like, there actually isn't a problem. They're creating a problem because they need there to be a problem so that they can survive. Mm -hmm. And people uh, have a tendency to like, to latch onto it and to not want to let it go, even though they're actually perpetuating the problem by not knowing when the job is done,
0: Mm. you know? Whoa. Yeah, that's intense. Yeah, and so these projects, what exactly are they? Are they like, like what is the product? Um, like what is he creating?
2: As far as I understand, and I haven't done a lot of research into specifically what kinds of things they're doing, but from what I gather, they're trying to create a system or process of sorts mm-hmm. that uh, organizations, government bodies, people themselves can use to improve. Public sense making mm-hmm. to bridge the gap in polarization, yeah, to put it simply. Yeah. And so, whatever manuals, whatever uh, courses that they come up with would be for that purpose, yeah. And so, they would come up with a you know, a, a good process, let's say, and then they would just release that, yeah. And like that would be the finished product, that would be the thing, and then they'd move on,
1: yeah.
2: You know, whatever moving on means, it's just like they're willing to let go of that thing mm-hmm. because the job is done, they're not going to. Uh, pound the post until it breaks. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. They set out. They had a goal. They clearly defined it. Mm -hmm. They accomplished it. And now, let's do something else.
2: Yeah. Yeah. If you're interested in listening to this guy, you can find him on the the Jim Rutt podcast. He's been a guest on that podcast a few times. And then, uh, he was recently on Joe Rogan's podcast with uh, Tristan Harris, who uh, he...
0: Tristan.
2: Tristan, yeah, yeah, I'm like, yeah I always thought
0: that,
2: yeah. <laughs> uh, he uh, he was the guy who made the social dilemma, the documentary oh, about the dangers yeah. of social media, uh, and so him and Daniel are working together uh, to whatever capacity that they are for but with this problem, mm-hmm. essentially of like what social media is doing to us is mm-hmm. part of like that Consilience project.
0: Yeah, that's huge
2: because
0: mm. like you you use the example of. Two different people watching two different news sources. Yeah. And when you said that, I just thought two different people using the same app are yeah. experiencing something completely different. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean Facebook literally like you can go on I can go on your news feed on Facebook and it could be completely different. Yeah. It's completely different. And like we don't really grasp how profound that is. But it's something that's never happened before, that someone could have a news feed that is telling them completely different collection of news. Mm-hmm. And how like your your brain creates a narrative is that it takes a bunch of little pieces of things and puts them all together into something that is supposed to be coherent. And then you're supposed to come together for that mutual understanding and compare your narrative about reality and create a, a coherent picture between people of what what is actually going on Mm -hmm. but because like everything has become so fractured everything is becoming so disjointed it's very difficult to create that mutual understanding because you can have information about a certain event that completely goes against information that somebody else had Mm -hmm. you know what I mean and like it just gets worse because those people are that more unwilling to deal with the other person because they're like oh you're a crazy person you're saying things are happening that aren't actually happening or you're interpreting this thing in a completely different way Mm-hmm. I'm not even gonna talk to you. Mm-hmm. You're wrong. So yeah. it comes back to that, initial, that you know, initial, initial, passage. Oh my gosh! You
0: know exactly. And there needs the awareness needs to be there that we have completely different perspectives, and this mm-hmm. goes at every level on like the social media level where we're talking about our different news sources, but even just like on our interpretation of reality. Yeah. Like you're experiencing something completely different than I am.
1: Yeah. yeah. And
0: now that I'm aware of that, if the desire is there to to have that mutual agreement to come to some understanding only then are we able to open up to the other Mm -hmm. instead of just saying you're wrong and stamping that out. Yeah. Taking away that possibility. Exactly. But back to this, another thing that came up for me or just something that I just kind of thought of throughout that was coming back to like this, it, the, the hold and fill it. I was like, what is it Mm -hmm. measure and pound it. It's like, it is the truth. It, it is like,
1: mm.
0: it's so, it's sensitive and yeah. it's subtle. It's this pure thing. And ha- whichever way we're hacking away, trying to get at it, getting at the truth, which is just like experience now, non-duality, whatever, mm-hmm. the Tao, all the ways that we're trying to get at it are actually taking us from it. Because it's not something... It's like, it's so subtle. It's just an awareness thing. Mm -hmm. And it's always true. It's always right there. Yeah. And it actually... It's it's so much simpler than we make it a lot of the times. Yeah. And it's just... Whatever you do, hold and fill it. All these methods of getting at it. It's not as good as stopping in time. Because it's already right there before your eyes. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. I think that's like the most profound thing about having experienced a dissolution of ego Mm -hmm. where you kind of like look around and you're like, I am the universe. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's so obvious it's, it's here at every waking moment right now. Mm -hmm. And yet my mind can't see it like that. Mm -hmm. Right? Like I know I am you, like I've experienced that firsthand and it's like everything we know about neuroscience and all this kind of stuff is, it is true. Like there is no separate self. And yet I don't experience myself as you, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And so it's like, it's, it's so obvious Mm -hmm. that once you get it, it's like, holy fuck. And that's one of the thing that I've always heard about enlightenment Mm -hmm. is that it's the most obvious thing you can ever imagine.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And and having those direct experiences, now you have a reference point of like what that truth is and what it feels like. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, we still overcomplicate it, you know? Mm. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, through meditating every day, you can try to bring yourself back to that. And I think that's... that's I think the most profound practices are the simplest, mm. you know? But it really... It's whatever gets you there. Mm. But either way, there is just... It's here. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so... So silly. Yeah. But I do, I, I, similar on a mushroom trip, the one that I did almost a year ago in December, the picking up the paintbrush trip. Right. There was a moment where I was like, this is always available to me. This is always true. Mm -hmm. I know I took a mushroom and it's working in my brain, but it felt so obvious that that was always the truth. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Like, what you experienced, like, yeah. the top of the ladder.
0: Yeah, just, like, even just, like, the level of my awareness. Not even that ultimate non-duality. Just, like, there was an awareness as I was observing even the distance between a label and the experience of the thing. There was just an awareness that that level of awareness was always available.
2: Yeah.
0: And it was just a matter of realizing it in any moment.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and again, like, what I was thinking as we shifted from a more practical thing that I was talking about to where you're talking about like the enlightenment experience. Mm -hmm. I was just like, that's proof right there that it can be something that's very superficial and practical or Mm -hmm. something that's incredibly deep. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you can, it's, it's only about a shift in awareness. Mm -hmm. It's only about a shift in it's like a, yeah, it's just a shift in awareness. Where if you if you look at the practical, if you like you're kind of like the practical stoic person, where like you're just you care about results. Whatever you're reading, whatever you're experiencing, are always going to be filtered through that.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Whereas if you're somebody who's looking for a deeper meaning, that's what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. And all it is is literally just like a shift in awareness of like oh I'm aware of the practical, or I'm aware of the deeper meaning. Mm-hmm. It's all there, always. It's just a shift in awareness.
0: Exactly, and it's all true too, mm-hmm. and that's why these these passages are perfect because they speak to the person where they're at, yeah. and they'll resonate with the person where they're at, and both interpretations are right. Mm-hmm. 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 That's beautiful.
2: Yeah.
0: Do you have anything else to say on that? I
2: don't think so. Huh?
0: Did you ever, were you the kid in school who, when there was like reading around, you would like practice your thing before?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) These people have anxiety now. (laughs) (laughs) The awakened sages call a person wise when all his undertakings are free from anxiety about results. All his selfish desires have been consumed in the fire of knowledge. The wise, ever satisfied, have abandoned all external supports. Their security is unaffected by the results of their action. Even while acting, they really do nothing at all. Free from expectations and from all sense of possession, with mind and body firmly controlled by the self, they do not incur sin by the performance of physical action. Mm. <laughs> Let's just, yeah, let's take that first one alone first. Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah, let's do this by, like, we should do this by sentence by sentence, honestly. Yeah, okay, Try, okay. Rather than trying to, like, do the full thing. Yeah. Let's do sentence by sentence.
0: Okay. Let me start it. Let's say that again then. Okay. The awakened sages call a person wise when all his undertakings are free from anxiety about results. All his selfish desires have been consumed in the fire of knowledge. It's like when you become aware of the truth,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you're free from seeing yourself as an individual that needs that needs anything, that needs a particular result, or needs a pursuit for selfish reasons. Like mm-hmm. a selfish pursuit is something that you go after for the, the sake of your own benefit.
2: Mm-hmm. It Sounds like a flow experience. Mhm. You know, okay. it's... When you're in the flow, you don't care necessarily about the result. You're just like in the process,
1: mm-hmm.
2: right? And it's like one of the things they talk about flow is like there's this collapse of the sense of self. Mm-hmm. And the, the simple act of being in the process is the point,
1: mm-hmm.
2: right? And it's like that's where wisdom is, mm-hmm. is in the process,
0: mm.
2: is in the simple act mm-hmm. of doing.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, the self is lost to the process,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and all that's happening is now in service of something far beyond the self. Hmm.
2: It's that self-transcendence. Hmm.
0: The fire of knowledge. <laughs> I <laughs>
2: love that. That's one that I don't understand. I'd love to get your opinion on that. Hmm. All his selfish desires have been consumed in the fire of knowledge. Hmm. And when I consider like what I know about non-dual states, about like being in the process and stuff like that, is that it's not necessarily about knowing. It's something that's like transcends knowing. Mm-hmm. And so, what do you mean? What do you think it means when it says "have been consumed in the fire of knowledge"?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Because usually when we talk about non-duality, it's like an experience beyond knowledge. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like ultimate capital K no.
2: Yeah. Perhaps that's what it means. It's it's all his selfish desires have been consumed in the fire of knowledge. Just knowledge of what is. Knowledge of truth. Knowledge of the process. Yeah. You know.
0: Being outside of oneself.
2: Mm-hmm. So why do you think that's a good thing? A good thing? Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Why is that a good thing? Because I think the selfish desires, that's like... That's the trap. That's like the attachment Mm
1: -hmm.
0: that we've even explored in other passages. It's like the contention with truth Mm -hmm. of like, first of all, from the last one, trying to manipulate it, try to get something out of it. And then from the others to try to avoid something, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: to resist and to try to create, to manipulate for reasons of like your own pleasure and pain. It's like you're always going to lose. Mm -hmm. You're always it's a it's a trap, it's like it's a false game that we think we can win somehow if we just like do it right in some way.
2: Yeah, it's like you want it so bad Mm -hmm. that you'll never get it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like you you're just lost in the wanting rather than just the process Mm -hmm. of making it happen. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like you are so focused on making a million dollars that you don't actually enjoy your life. You're just, mm. you know, you're in your grind set. You know? <laughs> it's like grind set. grinding day after day after day, but then you never actually enjoy the success that you've created. Yeah. You know, because you're just so focused on that result and then your life is you by. you're in poor health. You know, you have no relationships because you've just been working all your life.
0: Yeah.
2: You know, and that's something that spe- really speaks to me because that's definitely something that I fall into very mm. easily, you know.
0: Hmm. yeah and the fact that it's like selfish desires it's like it's just the trap of the ego mm-hmm. like it needing to be about you and the way you feel and for those things for that to be consumed yeah by the fire of knowledge of knowing that that there's something beyond you
2: mm-hmm.
0: it's freeing it frees you from the game
2: yeah it, it, it comes back to what you said in our, our social anxiety podcast where Being socially anxious is often narcissistic because you Mm -hmm. think people are so focused on you, Mm -hmm. but it's freeing to know that like, you can let go of the self, Mm -hmm. you can let go of these selfish desires and that's freedom Mm -hmm. because you're not so attached on your limited self. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This next one, I feel like you might disagree with. Mm. The wise ever satisfied have abandoned all external supports. How do you feel about that?
0: The wise ever satisfied have abandoned all external supports? Mm. Yeah, that for me is like especially right now with the things that I've been engaging in and trying to even in this this example of the need for like collective support. Yeah, in like even in just meaning making, is like I just feel like there's something inherently false about individualism and isolation. Mm. Yeah. Like being solid on one's own. I just, it's like, I don't believe in it. I feel like, especially human beings, we're too full of fallacies mm-hmm. and traps that like I, I question anybody who thinks that they're wise enough to stand alone and claim to know a lot of things Yeah, in this territory of like philosophy and spirituality.
2: Well, so even when, you consider like the kind of the rugged individualist Mm -hmm. and be like, I've heard people say like, oh, this person, um, like Ayn Rand, for example, is like the libertarians go-to philosopher. And they're like, oh, I learned to be a rugged individual by reading Ayn Rand. Mm -hmm. If it wasn't for Ayn Rand, you would have never learned that. And so you didn't learn that in in an individualistic way, a hyper individualistic way. You learned that in a sense of collective sense-making working together in a collective way yeah it was because of the collective that you had all the materials that went into building and making that book and getting it in front of your face yeah you know
0: Mm mm-hmm and like i i i don't like the narrative that that's even a goal you know Mm -hmm. like the sentence again was um could you just say it for me
2: the wise ever satisfied have abandoned all external supports
0: Mm mm-hmm and maybe I'm interpreting it wrong like I don't know Mm -hmm. what exactly they mean by this but for me like I do feel like there's a trap to fall into there of like idealizing the goal of not needing external supports whether that be in other people, in other things, comforts or in other sources of perspectives you know Mm. because I, I think there is value to be found in freeing your mind from things like from needs that can lead you astray Mm
1: -hmm.
0: you know like addictions and bad habits and conditioning like it's it's good to free your mind and not need those things to not depend unconsciously on things that aren't serving you but like i don't think the goal should be to not need especially other people and Mm -hmm. support for your full, the full range of your human experience.
2: And the support is, <laughs> that's kind of the process mm-hmm. of being supported and being able to support someone you care about. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's, you, you can prove to everybody that you did everything yourself, but what's the point of that? Mm-hmm. Like, why do you need to do everything yourself? Like, what are you actually getting from doing everything yourself mm-hmm. when you can work with others to create something beautiful and have the process of working with someone else along the way and then reaping the benefit along the way. Even if you're so tied to the result, mm-hmm. you can still enjoy that result so much more if you have someone to enjoy it with you.
0: Yeah.
2: You know, and it's like, I feel, you know, Verveki has talked about this, where he says, you know, he doesn't think that, like he, he's a, a practicing, I don't think he's a Buddhist, but he's very informed by Buddhism.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And he kind of talks about how the Buddha was a one in a million person who could go off on his own and become enlightened.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: And that if most people did that, he would not be surprised if if they got it wrong Mm
1: -hmm.
2: in in some way. And so he talks about having a collective of a group of people that can do it together to have, even when you're talking about completely dissolving the self, it should be in the context of a, a communal practice,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know? And that's kind of like the Sangha I've talked about before on this podcast. And, and he's talked about that too. It's just like, I think it was the Buddha himself who said this: so the next thing to become enlightened is the Sangha.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And it's in the context of a community of people.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And that's the external supports.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And even in the context of like sex, for example, mm-hmm. which is this like, if you want to get something contentious to talk about in spirituality, it's sex. Mm-hmm. Where it's like on one hand, sex is this dirty thing that you need to avoid. and the other hand, it's this like divine path to enlightenment. Mm-hmm. If you can dissolve the self and let go completely in a sexual relationship or a sexual context, that is like the most difficult thing to do that I can find because there's so many traps to get caught in just like the mm-hmm. the raw pleasure or the raw emotions of connection. Mm-hmm. And yet you're still seeing that as a self rather than as someone who is, rather than as, as a transcending of the self.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know what I mean? It's like me personally, I think that sex can be that path to, to enlightenment,
0: mm-hmm.
2: but it is extraordinarily difficult,
0: mm-hmm. right? That's why it's such a perfect terrain i guess for practicing spirituality mm-hmm. you're like right up against that challenge
2: mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. it could so easily go the other way
2: you just you i was gonna say you lose yourself in it but that's kind of like what i'm talking exactly about. and that's
0: that's why it's interesting because yeah. it's like it's so of the body and i feel like that's the problem with spirituality is like we're kind of trying to contend with the fact that we are both animal in our body Mm -hmm. but then god like in our minds and our capabilities of our consciousness consciousness Mm -hmm. and that's why so many spiritual practices go the route of renouncing the body you know distancing yourself from the pleasures of the body Mm -hmm. in order to get closer to the god like side of yourself as a human Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and just fostering your consciousness but then it's almost a greater challenge and more honest to embodying your full experience to like go into the very thing that others try to avoid Mm -hmm. it's like go into that spot go into your body go into sex
2: the dark recesses yeah exactly
0: (laughs) and then from that space find god there
2: yeah
0: Like don't distance yourself from it and like pull away and like no i'm just gonna be in the mind i'm just gonna be close to the divine like no be in your body and find it there
2: divinity is everywhere yeah everything is divine yeah yeah but that's that's such a contentious issue you know what i mean it's like how do you how do you talk about sex and the body being divine when so many religious traditions have demeaned the body and sex Mm -hmm. it's like you talk about like the creation of new life and it's like what a like How more sacred and divine could you get than the creation of a new life? And yet, the sex you do to get that new life, to create that new life, is somehow the dirtiest thing.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: You know what I mean? It's like, it makes no sense to me at all. And it's like, I feel like we're getting lost in also terminology here. Mm -hmm. When we're talking about like, what is divine? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, like, what do you mean when you say divine? Me? Yeah. If sex is divine, what is divine? Mm. And how can sex be divine? How can sex yeah, be divine?
0: Yeah, because you said di- everything is divine. Ah. Yeah, because everything is happening. Everything exists. And I feel like divine is just like the level of awareness mm. of it. It's just consciousness. It's the very like raw energy that creates anything. The reason there is anything. It's it's hard to say because like I don't know I haven't worked all that out yet in what I actually yeah, yeah. believe at that ultimate level, but when we're looking at it that way, of like everything is divine, it's just consciousness. I don't. <laughs>
2: <know>. <laughs> it's
0: just consciousness.
2: Yeah, I, th- I mean, <laughs> you talked before about like how simple it is, mm-hmm. and it's just like it. It it it, it just it, it's it. right here, and it's just becoming aware mm-hmm. of it. Every time I bring my awareness to just like, how this is just here. Like, why do we exist? Like, how can we just be here and exist? And where does this all come from, Mm -hmm. right? It's just like looking at everything, like all the accidents that had happened just for us to be born and then live through our lives and be at this moment. And that itself is such a, a profound thing for me to think about. But then when you just look around at everything it's just like, these are walls. The, where the fuck did these come from? Like, where did any of this come from? And like, what is this? Mm-hmm. Like, what is this and why does this exist? Like when I look at my hands and I like, they're quantum particles, pff, they're fields like bouncing into each other and stuff like this. And I perceive this as a solid hand. And it's just like, what, how, mm-hmm. why is that there? And what, like, why is any of this here? And I'm just like, Th- th- it's such an awe-inspiring thing to think about. Mm-hmm. It's just like I, I, it's it's so awe-inspiring and it's so confusing and incredible and and just divine. Mm-hmm. Like I I can't call that anything other than just like divine. Mm-hmm. And that's just like looking around at everything and being like, holy fuck! Like all of this is just here.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And then you consider just like the emotional connection you have with your, with your loved ones, like the, um, the experience of, of loss of grief, like what an opportunity to experience grief, the loss of someone you care about, whether it's death or the end of a relationship. And when you come to like sex, this like creative thing, like even just like looking at it as like a reproductive act, it's like the creation of a new experience of life. And the experience can be, this amazingly deep emotional connection or this pleasurable act that's just fun and pleasurable and just like the, the the ability to experience that you know as as low and petty as that might be you know what I mean I use like quotes that itself is just beautiful yeah. you know like how can you call the the opportunity to experience that and and the the anything but beautiful and anything but divine mm-hmm. all of it so just mm-hmm. like from the simple fact that everything that there is an existence itself but the fact that you can experience you know a myriad of of different qualities of it mm-hmm. how can you call any of those specific experiences dirty or base or not sacred or not divine mm-hmm. and that doesn't necessarily mean that there can't be things that are bad for you, so to speak. Like it it if you eat too much, you can go become obese and have a heart attack. But all of that is divine. Mm-hmm. Because it's just like it exists, it can happen. And that's so incredible to me. Mm-hmm. So awe-inspiring to me.
0: Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, like. I don't know, what do you have to, like...
0: (laughs) No, yeah, you're right, you're right. It's so funny. It's so funny. Because yeah, I agree with you in that like, at that level of awareness, the fact that anything exists is proof enough that there's something beyond, there's like a great mystery Yeah. that is the cause for all of this, that there is anything. Yeah. And like, what else do we call it but divine? We have no words for that. And because everything exists in that sphere of existence, therefore it is part of that and it's divine. And it's funny that, it is funny because like like you said, religion, so many religions of the past and present Mm
1: -hmm.
0: have distanced themselves and regarded the body and sex specifically as wrong and dirty and gross. Yeah. But of all the things that exist in the bubble of existence, sex is... It's like one of the most pleasurable parts of existing. Mm -hmm. It's the creation. It's the thing that causes the creation of new life. Mm -hmm. And it's a unity of people. Yeah. And that's the only way we can create something new is through that unity.
2: It's so intimate. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, there's so many boundaries like that are not only culturally determined, but just like being with another person Mm -hmm. is like you're 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 making yourself incredibly vulnerable to them
0: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah
2: then perhaps there's responsibility there Mm
0: -hmm.
2: we can agree there might be responsibility that you don't just sleep with whoever Mm -hmm. perhaps like we let's say we can agree to that Mm -hmm. Um, it's
0: sacred on that level yeah
2: yeah and so it's like, but that still doesn't change how divine it is. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Just because there's a responsibility there. Like, there's a responsibility to be a priest. Yeah. There's a responsibility to be a spiritual leader, but we don't say like, oh, there's a responsibility there, therefore it's not divine. It's like, that makes no yeah. sense. Yeah.
0: Know? What I, I think the, the conclusion that I was trying to get to is that it's yeah, silly. Sorry, no. that, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> it's, uh, it's just silly that of all things, that was demonized. Yeah. So. But I mean, what else would they demonize? It's like, it is so sacred.
1: Mm.
0: It's like simultaneously rising it up to a level of divinity and pushing it down to a level of disgust. I like the the base instinct level of it. Mm. But it's all of those things.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, it is part of our evolution. It's the reason why evolution is happening is because we keep reproducing. <laughs> it is the most animal thing to do. Yeah, Survive and reproduce. But... It's also this, like, portal for divine creation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's crazy.
2: Well, there's actually something you touched on before when you were kind of getting into your definition of divine where you just, you, you I, I can't remember if you used the term creative. I didn't. But I feel like that's but what the, you're pointing yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that definitely is it. That word is actually an essential element of what I've come to understand through my direct experiences. Yeah. Is the creative aspect of it, the mm. paintbrush. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just
2: like every moment is like the creation of a new moment. Mm-hmm. It's like you can look at something that doesn't change, like I'm looking at your desk here with like the the lamp on it and the mirror and nothing is happening there and yet it's continuously being created through each moment.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know what I mean? It's just like the like time passing itself is like a creative process because like like what the fuck is time like what the hell is that like it's yeah. it's every moment is just like emerging out of nothingness out of the thing that just happened and it's it's a constant creative process like me moving my hands as I'm speaking like I'm creating something new with every every time I move my hand because when I move my hand from left to right that's creating a new position of my hand. And that, that, that simple act itself is like creative.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, I don't know. I, am I just waffling? Like, no, does that make sense? I, I, I don't know. I get it. Yeah.
0: I get it. Yeah, I get it.
2: Only psychedelic people know.
0: Only psychonauts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Just finishing it off. Yeah. Their security is unaffected by the results of their actions. Even while acting, they really do nothing at all the process you know
0: yeah yeah and it's like their security is unaffected by the results of their action they're no longer playing in the game of like the ego game of cause and effect and good and bad and like the duality game basically Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because of their knowledge that they've gained of the ultimate that is like enough that's enough to support them that's all the support that one ever needs really Mm -hmm. is knowing that it's all that
1: yeah,
0: and we can still participate in the world. We're still going to take action, mm-hmm. even while acting. They really do nothing at all, mm. even when they're playing the game, because of that knowledge. It's really just for fun. I don't know. It's the it's the flowing river. <laughs> yeah,
2: the river isn't doing anything. It's just flowing. Yeah, and that's like how we are when we get lost in the process. We're no longer. When you're like when when, you, when there's like two people fighting, for example, like uh, professional fighters, they're not like thinking about the fighting; they're just responding based on what the other person is doing, and it's mm-hmm. almost like a dance where it's just back and forth, and there's no there's no doing; there's just flowing with the other person.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know what I mean? It's like that's getting lost in flow, like that's mm-hmm. the flow experience. Yeah, you know,
0: the water flows, and it's the flow experience.
2: Yeah, exactly, exactly.
0: That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Free from expectations and from all sense of possession, with mind and body firmly controlled by the self, they do not incur sin by the performance of physical action. Mm.
2: Hmm. That kind of ties into what we were talking about sex, Mm -hmm. right? It's like they don't incur sin, and so what they're doing is not sinful. It seems like no matter what they're doing, it's not sinful, Mm -hmm. right? And it's like physical action here is action in the material Mm -hmm. it's like they're not sinning with the material because they've transcended their selfish desires Mm -hmm. it's not about getting you know the 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 come at the end it's like Mm -hmm. the whole process the whole experience Mm
0: -hmm. yeah and it's interesting that they're now using the they're coming back to the self with mind and body firmly controlled by the self, the self is with a capital S.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. I didn't notice that.
0: Yeah. So it's like this ultimate self. Yeah. Whatever that means, it's it's just
2: the self that transcends. Yeah. The limited self.
0: It's kind of the way I, I see it. Kind of is like freeing yourself, and and the goal of spirituality and becoming enlightened, or whatever terminology you want to use. Mm-hmm is just that, it's freeing yourself. But it's not to remove yourself from that game Mm -hmm. of dualities, of playing in this world. Because this is the world where we experience things. Yeah. But once we get that awareness, that knowledge, then we're free from expectations and from all sense of possession. We're not grasping onto anything. Mm -hmm. We're not holding onto anything or avoiding anything. We're just open to the full experience and we still have a mind and a body if we are alive as a human being. Yeah. And that's the ultimate self is just accepting that this is just the vessel for the experience. Yeah. of playing the game of dualities. But with that knowledge, you don't incur sin by playing the game, mm-hmm. by perf- by the performance of physical action. If you accept all as all, then you're free from mm. any outcome.
2: Yeah. It's like the, the difference between the finite and the infinite game. Mm-hmm. The finite game is to win. Mm-hmm. The infinite game is to keep playing.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's not to be done. Yeah. We achieve these, this new knowledge and we seek higher levels of understanding so that we can enjoy the, the game more.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And We can play better yeah. for the enjoyment of everyone involved.
2: Yeah, it's to allow everyone to, to play.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. I love that mm. infinite game.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's all I have to say about that. So that's all, folks. Bye.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow.
2: So that's the end of the passages that we're going to be reading today. I don't know. What do you? How do you feel about this conversation?
0: I feel amazing about it, yeah. honestly. Mm. I really appreciate that we did this, and I feel like it's opening up for so much more possibility of deepening our understandings. Yeah. And like doing it together is so satisfying. Mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm.
2: it. Yeah, it really was. Because mm. I, I feel like, you know, looking back on the conversation, it's like I would approach the passage from one way and then you would approach it from a different way. Mm-hmm. And we could both like talk about those and how they interrelated and how, um, you know, it, it it prevented me from getting stuck on one thing.
1: Mm -hmm. on
2: one way of interpreting it you know what I mean it's like you can get locked in just your perspective and then when you see the it from a different person's perspective you're like oh yeah like I didn't think about that that's so true Mm -hmm. you know and especially like I feel like one of the things that you were very you were looking deeply into was how was pointing to truth Mm -hmm. into a transcendence of self Mm -hmm. you know what I mean and where I was more focused on the practical the down-to-earth and it's like that's all fine and good but the process is really where it's at mm-hmm. and i feel like i got so much more once we started looking at the process mm-hmm. so thank you for that i appreciate that very You're much welcome. thank yeah. you yeah
0: yeah and from having these two different perspectives we did exactly exactly what we set out to do mm-hmm. which is like transcend the singularity of our perspectives into like a, a more complete deeper understanding we got mm-hmm. the stereoscopic vision <laughs> of depth perception.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. What are you referencing?
0: <laughs> I'm referencing John Ravakey and his, this is his ongoing analogy mm-hmm. of what dialectic into dialogos can do. What, what it really is, is like our eyes, we have two, two separate eyes. And with that, we have depth, depth perception. If you only had one eye, you wouldn't have that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> and that's similar to what we achieve when we take two different perspectives on something.
2: Two different eyes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah.
0: mind is blown.
2: Yeah. Um and that's like the <laughs> the stereo uh, stereoscopic. Yeah, exactly. Vision mm-hmm. that allows for depth perception.
0: Yeah.
2: Of sacred texts of other things. Yeah. You know,
0: and I could never have done this alone. Mm -hmm. You know, like I feel like I desire, I love doing this. That's why I feel so invigorated right now. All I want to do is like, think about spirituality and philosophy.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And I I do it on my own and it's satisfying. I like to read, but this was, this was just another, another level that also really got us to articulate our interpretations mm-hmm. rather than just you know if you're reading it alone you might be like yeah i get it you know that feeling of like i get it and then you just continue on yeah, yeah without yeah. really stopping what do you get mm-hmm. what are you saying what's your perspective what does that bring up for you
2: yeah
0: and i loved your your imagery too that you pointed to at times it's beautiful mm. thank, like the you. Water. thank
2: you yeah i know i agree with you it's and again I, I like i brought this up earlier where i definitely have a tendency to be a little bit of a workaholic,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know what I mean? And it's like, again, that, that being so grounded in the practical needing to get it done that I don't take time to look for the deeper meaning,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know what I mean? And like being in the process of just experiencing life is very difficult when you're so attached to the work. Cause you're just like the work. I feel like I'm a workaholic because I, I, don't, I'm not like financially secure, you know what I mean. So it's like, oh, if I work hard enough, then I'll be financially secure, which is true. <laughs> but then I'm not stopping to just enjoy, to find the deeper meaning, and to be in the process of just like experiencing it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like there are there are times, of course, where like I'm working on something or I'm I'm learning about something, and I just get lost in the the, the beauty of learning that thing. But then there's like this underlying anxiety to be like all of this is to get the result, mm-hmm. and I get attached to the results and I don't just like experience and I don't like let myself have other experiences like hanging out with a friend and, and reading spiritual texts and just like learning together,
1: mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm.
2: And so for for me, for like what I got out of this a lot was just like that of like, I love learning so much. I like I've literally done tests where it's like, Oh, your top strength is love of learning. Yeah, But I've so very rarely do it in the context of, my relationships of like mm. sitting down with someone and learning together. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's amazing.
2: Yeah.
0: So valuable. Okay. So, well,
2: thank you so much for sticking around. If you made it to the end. Yeah. We appreciate your, you devoting your time to just like listening to our podcast. Yeah, very, for sure. Thank you very much.
0: And we hope you enjoyed this format. Cause it's something mm. we definitely want to continue to explore Yeah. yeah. between so, us and other people too. it would be cool to sure. have, people on to yeah. do this with us.
2: The more people talking about it, the more perspectives we can get. Yeah, And that's like uh, something that motivates me a lot is just being multi-perspectival, yes. you know, having multiple perspectives on everything. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes. Okay. Thank you. And we'll see you later. Bye. Bye.